This show is powered by BL3P, the Lightning-enabled European Bitcoin exchange. Connect the build. Pasteur Tenturier, A5, France. The Mariana Trench is the deepest place on Earth. It's located near the Mariana Islands in the Pacific Ocean and it's 11,034 meters deep. Did you know uh, that if you place Mount Everest at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, the peak would still be 2,133 meters below sea level? No. Do you prefer red wine from Bordeaux over red wine from Bourgogne? Yes. You have a very bad track record of predicting when PRs will be accepted. Yes. French people will never forget 1983, the year Yannick Noah became the first and so far only French tennis player to win Ronald Garros singles title. Will a Frenchman win the prestigious tournament in the next 20 years? No. <laughs> Alain de, de, uh, Macio is a famous French fantasy and sci-fi writer. His uh, second no novel, La Horde du Contrevin, is considered one of the best novels of contemporary French science fiction. Did you read all his books? Yes. The Duotone Superhero is an extension of my body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like to explore parts of the Tour de France by bike with my friends. Yes. In 2016, Paul Kalkbrenner dropped a three-volume mix series that chronicled the arrival of techno in Berlin in the early 90s. Entitled Back to the Future, the project was part a personal odyssey, part social history, documenting the birth of musical moment that will never, uh, that forever changed the landscape of Berlin and the contemporary dance music. Are you aware that most of the tracks were produced by producers from Belgium and the Netherlands? No. Office of Strategic Services, OS 117, is the codename for Hubert Bonisseur de la Bath, a fictional secret agent created by the French writer Jean Bruce. Did you know that Bruce's first OS 117 novel came out four years before Ian Fleming's James Bond 007? No. Are you Satoshi Nakamoto? No. Welcome to the Connected World Weekly Podcast. I'm Edward. And I'm Steph. We are ready to take you with us into the beautiful world of the Lightning Network. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the ride. ride. This is episode 39 of Connected World. Steph. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, how are you doing there? Hey. Well, uh, yeah, it can be better, but uh, I feel a bit a bit ill, mate, uh, uh, to be honest. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I have two little kids, you know, as, yeah. as you know. Yeah, so, and that um, goes very uh, rapidly then, eh? Some yeah. kind of virus or something. So It's so strange because it's coming in waves, you know. Yesterday, I felt, well, I, I felt pretty good. And then suddenly, I was... It hit uh, you. Yeah, it hit me. And yeah. uh, I was uh, very sick in the stomach and... And then I felt great again, and now today it's the same, man. So uh, could be uh, better. Yeah, but yeah. Could well, be better. we we always um, have a nice appointment uh, together, of right? Course. And to record this uh, 
yeah. this episode and uh, I, I will uh, help you. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I can't miss this man. This is, this is an, another great episode. So, uh, but right, right after the recording, I will go to my uh, to my bedroom and yeah, uh, have think, some nice rest. Yeah, I think that's smart. <laughs> well, let's do this. How are you doing? Some things have changed. I um, it took care of my plant, and it was yeah. I think uh, ten years ago or something. So it's very bad. Uh, but I wanted to take care of him and um, uh, I have to change it because uh, you don't see it that much no. um, compared to last week. But um, uh, he's happy again because he, he nice. wasn't happy. I had everything closed here uh, for the sun, of course. And uh, that's not so smart. And uh, <laughs> oh, something real great. Um, my daughter was uh, playing with uh, paper uh, and doing some uh, great things. And then by accident, she made this. I hope you see. Oh, it. nice! It's a bull, man. It's a bull. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it I really is a bull. Nice, and, nice. And it wasn't on purpose, so I think it's a sign. It's a sign. Must it's be. a sign. We we should buy more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. I, I, I'm seeing in in our script, Edward, something very yeah. nice. Maybe you can tell the people we we yeah, are giving away right. four tickets. Well, yeah. not not completely giving away. I'm reading no, here, but, but tell tell us more. We're going to um, give away some extra discount because you, you've seen, of course, the price rise, um, if you've seen it, uh, to 349 euros for a general admission uh, pass. For um, Bitcoin Amsterdam. Yeah, for Bitcoin obviously. Amsterdam, of course, in October. Mm -hmm. um, and we're giving away four tickets um, for an extra discount for 35%. Nice. So that's... Yeah, that's a staggering discount uh, because it's um, it takes you then to the price um, at the very early beginning and even less. So that's uh, that's great. And uh, the thing that you have to do then is uh, post a reaction under the tweet of this episode uh, on our uh, tw Twitter account, ctw underscore uh, score podcast. And don't forget to add our promo code in your reaction. And our promo code is ctw. TW podcast. So if you but it's thirty five, it's it's a thirty five percent off yeah. of the current of the, price of thirty four yeah. of uh, three hundred forty nine euros, right? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so if it rises again, then um, I don't the know. It's even bigger. <laughs> yeah, of course, but but they're not gonna do it. Um, uh, I think now because they just raised it. So yeah, no, they, and, and they will be uh, they will be gone by then, I, I guess. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> nice. no, it's it's gonna be a really great um a conference we're gonna be there yeah. uh, uh, i've been uh i've talked uh, to um bitcoin magazine last week with a couple of guys and yeah, i also really met them in uh, at the yeah. bitcoin amsterdam uh, yeah on the same day very yeah. nice guys yeah yeah and uh, there are so many uh awesome things uh, that uh we're gonna do there and of course the guests uh yeah. but uh, we're not only going to cover it uh, all uh, but uh, we're doing some extra and we're things. We're going to do that. something with workshops, or can't yeah. we tell <laughs> any, anything about it, Edward? No, no. Yeah, we're, we should, we should we're going to we tell it. We, we have to keep it a secret, right? Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to tell it on a slow pace, I think. Okay, and then, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we, we have there a place uh, where we really can do uh, um, a lot. Something so nice. Bit yes. by bit, every week, we uh, will just share something uh, about it. So yes. now, 35% discount. Uh, so take it away four tickets uh, if you are interested then um, do it and uh, we will put this also in the show notes and cool. in our uh, tweet and, and of course 
Who do we welcome this week as a guest, uh, Edward? Yeah, this week uh, it's time for async or async, uh, async. French. Async. Yeah. Um, because uh, async is, um, uh, yeah, well, it's it's another uh, thing next to LND core lightning uh, liquid, uh, and then you also have async. So it's very interesting uh, to know everything about it. We have Bastien uh, Tanturier. I hope I pronounced it right. Yeah, yeah, it uh, was great. Yeah, and he's the VP of engineering. So nice. Um, yeah, nice. That's so a bit of a technical, uh, of a technical yeah. uh, episode yeah. again, uh, I guess. Yeah, and he a... does a lot of talks about uh, async at conferences. Or Async. Talks, I, pre so, uh, I prefer the French Async. pronunciation. Async. Async. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool, man. Hey. Um. Yeah. Well, let's uh, first talk a little bit about the statistics of the Lightning Network, and of, of course about our Rings of Fire community. And then the second part uh, will be with Bastien. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Well. So last week we had a little over 38.6 Bitcoin pushed into the Lightning Network. This week we added three and a half million sets. So it's now 38.7 Bitcoin with around 1,342 members participating in over 176 rings. And if we look at the Lightning Network as a whole, we're at block height 750,428. And um, there are 70,066 nodes and uh, the total liquidity is 4,580 Bitcoin. And the value of today is... Uh, yes, 1 million satoshis is getting you $214, 214 euros, 1,459 Chinese yuan. Connecti il mondo. And then some highlighted news updates from last week, brought to you by the Daily Moon. Um, let's start off with uh, Herman Vivier of Bitcoin Ekazi, uh, because he wrote an editorial um, opinion uh, for Bitcoin Magazine about Bitcoin Ekazi, uh, a South African township creating a Bitcoin economy. Also had him earlier on our show. Uh, the township of Bitcoin Ekazi um, has existed for almost a year now, so that's uh, really great. And it became a game changer for all kids in town um, and for everyone who's involved, uh, also merchants, uh, a reason to not uh, underestimate uh, the Lightning Network and uh, read the whole story about it uh, in the article in the yeah, show. Yeah, and I saw the guy who is managing his uh, uh, Lightning Note from uh, from Hammer Vivio ah. for Bitcoin Gas. He's also joining uh, one of our Rings of Fire. So Great, I didn't yeah, know that. Nice to, uh, yeah, okay. yeah, and he's also yeah. mentioned in, within the article. So a very interesting read indeed. So. Uh, yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Should, yeah. Uh, Herman would say, yeah. <laughs> South African, <laughs> right. Yeah. And then Geyser. Um, well, we've uh, met um, Stelios Ramos uh, on the event last week um, and talked also with him because we also talked with uh, the other co-founder, Mick Marucci. Um, and they uh, released uh, yeah, some extra news again because last week we also mentioned them. Uh, this week, again, news from Geyser. So they just introduced the ability to log in with LNURL auth, auth and uh, it means that you can use your uh, own Lightning wallet uh, of choice. Uh, and the interesting thing is that you can use, uh, well, all your wallets that you have and uh, you just log in to your uh, own profile. So it doesn't matter which one uh, you choose. Uh, and you see this a lot uh, with a lot of um, uh, uh, implementation that, that you can use uh, LNURL auth and uh, that's just great for logging in. And then LNBits, uh, I combined two uh, news items from them. 
Uh, Elmbits announced um, two amazing new features because uh, they will soon support scheduled payouts. Uh, this could uh, as well bring uh, new subscription models uh, to users as well as uh, constant uh, value for value streams for content creators uh, or even new uh, use cases yet to be determined. Uh, this again shows all the possibilities uh, yeah, with Lightning. Uh, they're really borderless, so that's, uh, that's great. And Ben Ark shared a tweet uh, also about a new podcasting 2.0 extension uh, for LNBit supporting LNURL pay and LN address. So that's uh, great. Yeah. And then um, something I've put in because I, I really like it. Uh, Lighthouse uh, LN Explorer. I think, what is it? Well, uh, I'm going to pronounce his name. I uh, hope I'm doing it right. Uh, because in the Rings of Fire community, we have uh, someone who's called Saya Sodaran. Yeah. Yes. And his friend, uh, Sarah Vananan. Um, uh, they created a, a primitive uh, Lightning Explorer as a learning project. And it's really great for visualizing uh, the graph and getting more insights uh, into uh, what all those liquidity connections look like. Uh, for a lightning note and they really did a great job it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's just fun it's amazing yeah yeah and i also like it because if you go to the website of them um use and you hit uh, info uh, you just see there what um what is the way to uh, change your fiat job for a bitcoin job is just to uh, act and do something and he says there well to hire me this app is my proof of work <laughs> uh, nice. And uh, he also uh, attended Chaincode Labs, uh, Bitcoin Protocol uh, Development uh, course, and uh, contributed to uh, uh, Ride the Lightning. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's. I think if you really want it, then uh, just uh, do something. Cool. And uh, I think well, if someone is interested, uh, when he sees it, then just uh, contact him, and uh, perhaps uh, he could help you out. Nice, nice. Hey, do you want to read more and stay up to date about everything related to Lightning, the news and updates? Then head over to tdm.news and follow the Daily Moon on Twitter or Telegram. And uh, Edward, you will put all the links in the show notes, I guess. Yeah. Connectez le monde. So last week we had um, one, um, we balanced one ring. Uh, it was a nice 5 million Satoshis ring. So um, a pretty decent amount of liquidity we added or rebalanced because the ring was already open. So we just managed to balance it. Uh, and it was um, our uh, pirate. Um, his name is John Appleseed, who, uh, who was the ringleader there. And he is from St. Kitts and Nevis, although I doubt if he really lives there. But uh, he says, I'm a pirate from St. Kitts and Nevis. But he balanced the ring as a first timer. So we had some issues at first, but lowering the fees solved the issue. And after our captain, John Appleseed, was able to build the route, he immediate, immediately decided to send the transaction. So he had to pay some fees, unfortunately, but uh, it was all good, he said. Uh, so within the blink of an eye, all channels were balanced. <laughs> nice. uh, and within this ring, we had, obviously, a pirate from St. Kitts and Nevis and a note operator from New Zealand, Holland, Swiss and Canada. John Appleseed. I just looked it up because it's an interesting name. I will share <laughs> yeah. it in the show notes. It yes, really is it interesting. Is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it again. Thanks, Steph. And uh, let's go to the lightning notes. Let's do it. Connect the world. Make sure to secure your home network. So change default passwords and use two-factor authentication where possible. And keep your software up to date. It's also very important. 
Uh, please keep in mind that the whole Lightning uh, network is very experimental. Uh, software like uh, MyNode, Umbrel, Resi, Blitz, for example, and many others, and L&D also, uh, are still in beta phase. Uh, don't blindly run terminal commands on your node if you don't understand uh, them yourself, and especially when prefixed with sudo. Uh, and the last one is also very important. Don't use uh, Satoshis that you're not willing to lose. So if you're not aware uh, of all security considerations, then read into it. Educate yourself, read articles, uh, ask for help in Telegram groups so, uh, with high reputation like ours, and uh, listen to podcasts and learn by doing. Otherwise, don't participate. Also, uh, you can stay uh, informed by uh, following us on Twitter. You can find us at uh, Satoshi Radio ROF. And follow our lightning leader, uh, Johnny Kiyashu. Join our Telegram groups, Satoshi Radio, Ring of Fire, and Connect the World. And check our website, satoshi.radio. It would be nice for you uh, to be part of our uh, Emboss community. You can find us there on uh, Satoshi Radio. And like and subscribe uh, to our uh, YouTube channel. Use Podcasting 2.0 to listen to Connect the World. And you can uh, check uh, Trading for the current value. Uh, you can find all this information, of course, also in the show notes as well. All right, let's get on to the show. Connectez le monde. <laughs> Salut, Bastien. <laughs> Salut, welcome, man. <laughs> yeah, thrills to have you uh, with us. How oh, are you thanks there? Thanks for inviting me. Uh, I'm good, and you? Yeah, also. <laughs> we're doing fine, man. Hey, and, and where yeah, did you fine. hide the Duotone superhero? Because it's an extension to your body, but is it... <laughs> so where is, is it? Is it beneath yeah. you or what? <laughs> I can't move my camera, otherwise you'll see it. It's everywhere <laughs> around me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, but you like it's it's for the for the people who, who don't know. It's like a windsurf, right? So um, you like to windsurf. Um, how how often do you windsurf? Whenever I'm in Brittany, so not that often. Mostly during the summer. But whenever I have an occasion or can find a lake where I can do some, I really like to do it. And it's it's really the thing that helped me ship Anka outputs in Eclair. Without that, I wouldn't. Have been able to focus enough, so <laughs> it's really useful for lightning. Ah, nice, nice. So, so obviously they paid for your uh, surf, right? For for the thing. I should ask them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be smart. Would yeah, be maybe yeah. I can get a sponsorship from the brands. Yeah, like yeah. That. A big async logo <laughs> on the back, right? It would oh, be yeah. nice, man. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and and what I find interesting that um, you like to listen to to Paul Kallibrenner. I'm also a big fan of of him. Um, but, but did you see the movie he produced, the Bell and Colin movie? Yes, I watched it, uh, it. It was a while ago. It was many years ago, right? 2008, yeah. 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 It's amazing. And also the soundtrack, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I can recommend to everyone um, who d doesn't know about Paul Kalkbrenner to watch the movie. And all the music within the movie is obviously produced by himself. And, uh, well, the movie is about a, a Berlin um, DJ, a techno DJ. Uh, and producer um, and he is playing himself and that's what I like the most uh, so uh, yeah and, and it's 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 a funny movie but the music is perfect and I think also the story is a bit uh, yeah tragic sometimes so I really liked it uh, and it it's yeah it got rated pretty well I saw also on IMDB and I think that's yeah you showed me yeah, yeah big yeah. compliment right because yeah, yeah obviously he is not a, a big movie producer or something so yeah and it's really good music to code when you're oh, coding. Yeah. Just put the soundtrack, and you're gone for an hour, and it's perfect. Yeah, nice. That's hey, and Bastia, in in on your Twitter bio, um, you have uh, it's very mysterious. You you say the sea gets deeper as you go further into it, and then I was thinking, 
about um, uh, some kind of hobby or your lifestyle uh, or your work uh, with Bitcoin and Lightning. And I thought, what is the deepest place on earth? The Mariana Trench, of course, that's why. But that's why, okay. <laughs> did you mean something different than, uh, than that? Or, uh... <laughs> no, I think I, I read that somewhere. I can't remember yeah. where. And I thought that it applied really well to any complex topic where yeah. fr from a distance, it looks simple. But the further you go into it, the further you learn, the more subtle it is and the more complex it is. And it really makes sense to spend years working on it. And Bitcoin is a perfect example of that. Yeah, indeed. And that's yeah. why they call it a deep dive, right? A deep dive into uh, Lightning and Bitcoin. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and, and, absolutely right. and we heard you are onboarding some wine shops uh, to, to, <laughs> yeah. to Bitcoin and, and hopefully Lightning, of course. But what's the status on that? Are you, are you, do you have already paid for some bottles using Bitcoin or... No, not yet. Uh, I was close to paying for them, but they had to install a wallet and they, they were taking notes. The merchants were mm -hmm. taking notes and they, they were really interested. Yeah. At the end, they, they brought all the merchants in the shop around and there were three or four people listening to me shilling Bitcoin. <laughs> and they said, oh, next time we will have done our research, come back and we'll see if you can buy a bottle of wine with, with Bitcoin. But uh, I haven't gone back yet, so... Ah, you should check up on that. <laughs> yeah, you because should. it really works if you have one or two or four then they uh, they can shill it to to each other, right? So um, yeah, yeah. After Bitcoin pizza, we're gonna do Bitcoin wine, and yeah. maybe it's gonna be a very expensive bottle of wine. But since it's already expensive in euros, it's gonna be really expensive yeah. in bitcoins. But but you can also do the spent replaced strategy, right? So and I, I prefer the spent double replaced strategy. Are you familiar with that or no? What is okay, it? so if you spend like uh, let's say uh, five hundred thousand sets on a bottle of wine. You have to pay. Uh, you have to buy back one million sets, oh. right? So you 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 yeah you double replace the the amount of cents you spend. So this way, this won't be a a, a, a very um, expensive bottle to you in in time. So yeah, that maybe, you sense. Can, maybe you can maybe you can try that strategy. I'll do. I will. Yeah. Do. <laughs> can, can you tell us more a bit about your background? For example, what you did before working at Async or Async? Okay. Yeah, we, we can say both. Asang, Async. Asang. It's, yeah. We all make fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've been, I've been a developer all my life. I started by working at Microsoft for a while. I spent more than five years there doing backend services development. Then I wanted to move to the startup work and to start doing, a, start really doing interesting stuff because I was getting bored at uh, Microsoft mm -hmm. and I wanted to do really... The things that I kind of learned in uh, engineering school, doing algorithmic stuff, doing uh, something closer to math, like cryptography. And I found my way to a French startup who was working on blockchain and who was doing some time stumping on Bitcoin and then was trying to build products on top of that. But then it didn't really work out and the company um, shifted at some point. So I, I realized that I really wanted to work, to work at the core level of Bitcoin or close to Bitcoin. And then the, that's how I found Lightning and Async. Nice. And what uh, if if you think well, I'm I'm thinking uh, that you're saying five years at Microsoft. Um, this it's so different, right? Because it's 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 a huge company, and then if you work at a startup, it's very different. Uh, what are things that you uh, brought with you uh, to your work at uh, Async, um, and how how did you end up working there? I think that one of the things that I really took away from working at a big uh, software company was how to really well ha have a good process on deploying backend services, monitoring them, 
having uh, alerts, uh, the right alerts and metrics in place to really DevOps stuff. And here at Microsoft, uh, the, the, there, was, there were really good practices around that. So I learned a lot. And those are the kind of things I would not have learned if I had started working at a startup where you don't really care that much about your uptime, your percentiles, yeah. your, your latency, <laughs> everything. So uh, I'm glad I did that. And uh, that's something that we've, uh, we've used a lot when uh, implementing monitoring for our node, because we have a big node on the Lightning Network and we are yeah. actively monitoring it a lot to ensure that everything goes well. But uh, at the same time, in big companies, you, you start doing the same things over and over again. And you, the, the, there's, no, there's not enough opportunity to innovate regularly or to try things out that are maybe not an obvious uh, short-term uh, plan. So I, I, really, I, really, I really think I cannot go back to a big company. I cannot go back <laughs> to a company that's more than 20 people, I guess. But the Lightning Network is the total opposite, right? I mean, there's so much innovation. I mean, oh man, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, well, that's if you I like that, it. then there are a lot of advantages to uh, to work at uh, yeah, as such a company and such a, uh, a space because this yeah, there's so much happening here. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Hey guys, yeah. Um, yeah, we have we have all kinds of questions for you, uh, Bastian. Um, uh, obviously, also about async, so uh, async. So, uh, but it has to be in the twenty-one minutes. So, if you guys are ready, we would really love to enter that part and ask you uh, all the questions. Uh, are you guys ready, guys? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Connect the world. Yeah, let's start with uh, Async. Um, it's a startup located in uh, Paris, uh, France, and uh, building an implementation of Lightning. And uh, you believe with us uh, that Lightning is a major uh, breakthrough uh, that will enable a whole new set of use cases uh, and applications. Uh, how did a Async start and uh, what is your exact role at Async? Okay, so the early days of Async are quite interesting, actually, because Pierre-Marie and Fabrice founded Async in 2014 when they realized that Bitcoin was really an important thing and that it would last and they had to do something uh, with it. Actually, Pierre-Marie convinced Fabrice and Fabrice was really skeptical at first. It <laughs> took him years to really accept that, yeah, this was, this was a thing. This would not just end badly in a few months. And... They identified in 2014-15 that there were two things mainly that Bitcoin needed to solve to work. It was security of your funds. How do you ensure that you, you do not get your funds stolen by just a, a virus or on your PC or on your mobile phone? And how do we scale the number of transactions that we can do? And actually, the thing they started working on the security part. They started working on uh, hardware wallets. And they were the first team, I think, in the world to, in 2015, have a working prototype of a Bitcoin wallet on a Java smart card. But then at some point, while, while we were, they were talking, they were in a shared co-working space and they started discussing with other people what they were doing. And they realized that they were in the same co-working space as the people who would then create Ledger. Ah, and they okay. realized that they, they really were two teams working on the exact same, same thing. And it didn't make sense to have two teams in France working on the same thing. And the Ledger team was better suited at really growing this into a business. They had more experience working in the cheap manufacturing industry, 
closer to to them to and they, they were also French. Ledger, Ledger is yeah. also French. Ah, cool. Didn't know that. Yeah, okay, cool. they were really in the same co-working space. So when, cool. when Pierre Marie and Fabrice discovered that, they said, okay. But so they now didn't. We have they, to they didn't know uh, upfront that they were both working on Bitcoin, or did they know no. they were bo- also not? No, it, it took them months before Crazy. they realized that. What a coincidence, man. <laughs> <laughs> So when they realized that, they said, okay, so now we need to move on to the scalability aspect. And the lighting paper was just released. So they read that. They said, oh, this is really interesting. We have to do it. And around that time, Rusty Russell started uh, working for Blockstream to make this a reality as well. So they met with Rusty and with uh, Laulu and um, I guess of uh, Taj and uh, Joseph Poone in Milan in 2016, 2015 or 2016. And they decided they would work around the shared specification and each team would have their own implementation, but we would make sure that they would be interoperable. And that's how Lighting was born. Nice. And now that I joined them, I'm, I started joining them as a developer working on the specification, on the Eclair implementation, on the algorithmic uh, parts of uh, pathfinding and cryptography. And now I've become VP of engineering, but we're such a small team that VP of engineering just means I, I'm a dev with the other devs and we're, we're all devs in the company. There's just no, yeah. no one who is not a dev. So nice. <laughs> what a coincidence, man, with Ledger. I, I can't believe it, man. <laughs> but, uh, but nice. Hey, and, and what is the most important thing that you guys are working now or that you are working now uh, at Async? Okay, so there, there, there are many things. What's interesting at Async is that we work at all layers of the Lightning stack. We work really at the specification layer. Then we put that into our own implementation, Eclair. And then we also use that to provide the LSP services to our wallet, Phoenix. So it's, it really helped us learn a lot about how people would really use Lightning, what kind of uh, profile users existed, what kind of patterns we could see in uh, how people wanted to use Bitcoin and Lightning. And it helped us learn a lot and get that real world data back into what we needed to change at the protocol level, implementation level, and then wallet level. So we are working a lot on um, optimizing the LSP experience so that people on mobile wallets can have a good experience, a good UX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, with uh, the Eclair Mobile, that was an Android uh, Lightning Network wallet. Um, offers also a lot of features such as channel backup, debug logging, and network stats. And uh, can you explain a little bit about the history uh, of the roadmap of e- Eclair and Eclair Wallet? Yes. Okay. So w- when we started, we worked on the specification and on Eclair uh, implementation. And on, the, on, on their side, the other teams, uh, Blockstream had C-Lightning and uh, Lightning Labs had LND. And we were doing kind of the same thing, w- working on server node implementation. And no one was working on wallets. And we realized that if this thing was to really work, cash has to be in the hands of end users. So someone had to work on wallets. We, we had to see what yeah. would work and what would not work. So we, our goal was to make a Lightning wallet that would look just like a Bitcoin wallet and would hide all the complex parts of Lightning and would ensure a smooth experience, would be useful, could be used by people who do, didn't even know anything about Bitcoin. But we failed because at the, at the time, the protocol was, it was really early and the protocol was quite inflexible. So Eclair Mobile didn't manage to hide many of the Lightning things. You really had to understand what channels were, you had to choose who to open channels to, you were syncing the graph. There, there, there were a lot of technical details that just yeah. came at you and prevented you from just making payments and receiving payments. 
So we, we took that feedback in and then we brainstormed what we had to change at the protocol layer and implementation, uh, server node implementation layer to make that better. And it took us two years, two years during which we did specification, node implementation to be able to then do Phoenix, which is really what we wanted to achieve with Eclair Mobile but couldn't. And now Phoenix is really there to replace it and provide a nice experience, really looks like just a Bitcoin wallet, can be used by someone who doesn't even know anything about Bitcoin. So we're really happy that we got there. It took us yeah. years, <laughs> but we got there and it's, it's, it's only going to get better. And you released uh, Phoenix in, in 2019. And, and as you already um, said, it, it's much simpler, uh, more powerful uh, with options like unified balance or on-chain and off-chain, instant on-the-fly channels, trampoline routing, encrypted peer backups. And it's also uh, available on, on iOS. Uh, which is a good thing for me. I'm an iOS user. So <laughs> is, is, Phoenix Wallet's, uh, is Phoenix Wallet the successor of Eclair Wallet? And what are the most important advantages over the earlier Eclair Wallet? Yes, it's really the successor of Eclair. The only difference is that now Eclair Mobile looks more like an expert wallet where you, <laughs> if you know Lightning, if you want to do things yourself, if you want to really do the gory parts yourself, that's the kind of wallet you would want. But most people don't want that. So we, if we want to get adoption, we wanted to focus on people who do not want those gory details. And we've really hesitated a lot between maintaining the two wallets or eventually adding some of the like admin features or expert features back into Phoenix, maybe hidden in an expert tab somewhere. And we're leaning more towards that direction. We're not going to do it in the short term. But in the long term, we're probably going to provide more hooks in Phoenix for people who want to do more expert stuff. But it's too, it was too hard for us to maintain two wallets, on a, mm, one on Android, one on Android plus iOS. Since we're only a team of eight people, it was just too much work for us. So we had yeah. to choose and we're, we're only focusing on Phoenix now. And eventually we're going to add more features into Phoenix and maybe it's going to be a good mix that allows you to do what you could do with Eclair Mobile, but better, or just use a plain, simple wallet that provides a nice UX with default values. Yeah. Well, when using the Phoenix wallet uh, for the first time, it uh, it feels like this is exactly what pre-corners are looking for because it it was very simple in, in uh, my opinion, and it doesn't ask directly um, to make a backup uh, of the seed phrase, for example. It warns you that uh, that'll do. Uh, and then later you have the possibility of doing that. Of course, it's very important, but um, your wallet works directly. And then with the first payment, uh, you want to receive sets and then uh, it'll uh, help you through the, the, the backup phase. Uh, th there's even a drain function I saw. Um, why did Asank uh, choose this particular user experience? We really wanted a UX that looked like what good Bitcoin wallets look like. Really simple. You just have a seed. You don't really have to back it up now. You have to back it up at some point, but you, don't, you, you do it when you have time or you're at home and you are able to do it correctly. Then you just send and receive money and nothing more. And everything just works. But the difference with a Bitcoin wallet is that it's instant and it costs less fees. But yeah. it really, we really want it to be the same experience. And when everything goes well, I think we achieved that. And that's really nice. But yeah. there, there are still edge cases or cases where some of the details of Lightning still bleed into the UX and we're working hard on making it better. But um, it's, it's getting better and it's gotten better since the first release of Phoenix. Most of the, I think that in our first release, we asked you to back up your seed 
instantly and we did not let you move uh, forward with a wallet until you had done so. And then we changed that okay. based on user feedback. And there are a lot yeah. of things like that that we change in Phoenix based on user feedback and making it, making it better and changing yeah. things at the protocol and the lightning layer to make things more smooth in Phoenix. So yeah, it helps gonna, with the use base uh, of, uh, of a lot of users that are uh, trying to, uh, yeah, to uh, test it. And can you explain how it works under the hood? So when putting the first funds uh, onto the wallet, because then it opens the channel, uh, I think. Yes. Maybe, so maybe what you happens can is that you, the first thing that happens when you get the wallet is that you start receiving, you generate an invoice and it's really just a normal lighting invoice, but you don't have channels. So in theory, you yep. don't have a way to receive funds for that invoice, but still from the sender's point of view, you, we use a routing hint to make it look like there is a channel. So from the sender's point of view, there is a channel or, or there's going to be a channel and they just send the payment. And when it gets to our node that your Phoenix wallet is connected to, we exchange messages to negotiate fees to open a channel on the fly. And you can configure your Phoenix to accept that or automatically deny that. By default, now it accepts channels on the fly. At the beginning, it, pre it, it uh, showed a pop-up to users and users had to manually accept each channel that was incoming. But we changed that because of um, notifications on mobile uh, phones are really flaky <laughs> and it made the experience yeah. horrible. So now you can disable it, but the default is to accept channels on the fly. So what, once, your, what, once our node and your Phoenix wallet have negotiated fees in the background, then our node opens a channel and then you can receive the payment. And we use zero confirmation for, for that uh, channel so that nice. you can send funds back immediately. There, there's a trade-off there because we could, in theory, double spend that transaction mm -hmm. and steal your money. So while the channel is still not confirmed, you are trusting our node to not double spend. But if you actually do not send, uh, use the channel until it's confirmed, the only thing that you lose is the initial amount, but we cannot steal more than that. But there, there's some trust involved anytime you do a yeah. zero confirmation channel. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. And it, yeah. it, it, well, it sounds uh, yeah, a bit complex what you guys do for me, obviously, uh, <laughs> at the end, because I'm not a technical, but, but how are you able to keep fees as low as possible then using this strategy? Yeah, because I th saw something about 3,000 sets for the first uh, channel, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we, we spent a lot of time iterating on that because we've been through many cycles of uh, on-chain fees. There, there, there was a... I think it was two years ago or one year and a half ago, the mempool has been full for a while and the fees were consistently high. And we, we learned a lot during that time, uh, things we had to improve, things we had to take into account into our fee model. So we spent a lot of time trying to devise a fee model that would be as low as possible for users, but still could, uh, could be maintainable for operators because we, we cannot sell everything at a loss. Otherwise, if it's not even slightly profitable, at some point we'll have to stop because we won't have any more money. And the, the issue yeah, is that if we put very low fees, we force everyone who offers the same kind of services to also put very low fees. So we are forcing them to burn their money until they don't have enough funding to actually sustain the project. So we've <laughs> yeah. thought a lot about how we can find the right fees that are sustainable while being as low as possible. And we're still iterating on that. And to, to make it better, we need some changes at the protocol level and also some changes at the Bitcoin level. So it takes a lot of time and we've been working on it for years already, but this is eventually going to land and this will help us drive the fees even lower than what we have today 
while still keeping a model that is sustainable for LSPs and routing nodes. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you work on uh, the Lightning Network's core uh, specifications and implementations uh, in collaboration with uh, Blockstream, uh, Lightning Labs, and other open source um, contributors. Why is it so important to uh, work together for async to, um, yeah, at, at this core level? Okay, so th there are two reasons. There's first, Lightning has to be a decentralized project. I don't think Lightning can work if it's only one company uh, moving, moving forward. It has to be multiple implementations with various priorities and uh, tuned for different kinds of users. So we really have to work as a team here. And the reason async needs to work on that is that we really need to deeply understand all the layers of the stack because Bitcoin and especially Lightning are really subtle and a very tiny error, something that you would not notice if you don't have years of experience in Bitcoin, can be devastating for the security of the user's funds. So since we are dealing with people's money, we really have to make sure that we understand it completely and can deliver software that is both secure and performant. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. And, and what is the biggest difference between async and DNC Lightning, Core Lightning? Okay, so we, um, I'd say that C Lightning, they, they, they even present themselves as a Swiss Army knife. They, they, their goal is to, <laughs> they do everything quite well and they have a very strong plugin system and they're, they're really a reference implementation. They, they implement everything that's in the protocol. They usually don't implement stuff that are not in the protocol. They defer that to plugin and they have a strong plugin system. LND really tries to be a developer platform, wants people to easily develop, wants to attract developers who could build on top of Lightning or on top of LND without having to understand all the gory details of Lightning. We are focusing more on the core use case of Lightning, making and receiving payments, and we are focusing more on the merchant routing node, big nodes use case. We, are, we, we have a node that is really, a node implementation that is really scalable, performant and secure, and uh, stability is also an uh, easy DevOps is one of our main motto. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And when uh, the, a lot of listeners are thinking um, th uh, this question, when uh, thinking of all Lightning implementations, um, I feel that it could be possible that Async, LND, and C Lightning and Liquid uh, could keep existing in some form uh, and will be interoperable. Uh, without users noticing uh, it and uh, giving them a freedom of choice. Do you think that this will be possible at the end when everything is uh, on an infrastructure level? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's actually already the case. The network is already a mix of uh, people running different implementations and end users who are on wallets or on laptops don't even see that. And everything interoperates very, very well. And even wallets, um, depending on which wallet you use, they are based on different implementations. There are wallets based on C Lightning, wallets, wallets based on Eclair, and wallets based on LND, wallets based on based on uh, soon LDK. <laughs> so it, it it's already happening, and I think it's even going to get better, and uh, it's going to help create a thriving ecosystem where there's a lot of healthy competition and people building around various trade-offs, and I think that will benefit users the most, and that's important. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, yeah, we looked it up, and I saw that Ace, the Async <laughs> Note has a uh, three hundred and thirty Bitcoin uh, liquidity in total, and you guys have uh, twenty nine hundred channels. So that's crazy. We have more. You have we more. have a lot more because th that only shows <coughs> the public 
Part of ah, the network. It doesn't show unclear. Yeah, yeah, all the, the private, private uh, yeah. channels Crazy. that we have. Uh, what's the total? Can you, can you say something about it? Or is it classified? What's the total? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't even know. And but, I don't even want to count because that would stress me out. But we <laughs> <laughs> hey, need but, to join uh, Steph in yeah, a Ring yeah, of Fire. You man. guys need to join a Ring of Fire with us, man. <laughs> That's the best connected note I can, can probably find. Uh, so uh, we need yeah. to invite you in a future Ring, man. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. just, just kidding, man. But, but yeah. I'm really curious. Uh, we, we talked about async, but we also have some questions from uh, from you for, for your personal view on, on the Lightning Network. And we heard that you really wanted to work on a bit uh, on Bitcoin. And it, in your search for a job, you found out uh, about the Lightning Network. So you didn't uh, knew that it existed before. So this was your first experience with the Lightning Network, right? So so can, can you tell tell us maybe more about the journey? Yeah, it was a really funny story because I wanted to work on Bitcoin as a at a core level, but I did I really didn't know what to do, and I really did, didn't know who could hire me and what companies were working on that, and I didn't know about the, the, there were no not that much sponsorship uh, program for individual developers, and I didn't have much experience working at the core level, so I would not have been hired, and I was listening to podcasts to just learn as much as I could about Bitcoin. I don't even remember which podcast I was listening to, but it was about lightning. And it, it was, was the first, it wasn't connected the first well because we didn't exist uh, that time. So. <laughs> no, no, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the guest, I, I'm not even sure, but I think that the guest was Christian Decker, but I, I should ask him and I'm just to check. Yeah, and yeah. He, he, he said, or that the guest said, oh, Lightning is an interesting project because it's actually three implementations working together. There's the C Lightning, LND, and Eclair. And when I heard Eclair, I was like, oh, that's French. Please make it French that and not be. Canadian. They have to be in France. <laughs> so I looked them up. I saw on the, that they had a website that they were hiring. Apparently, they didn't have much information on the website, but yeah. they seemed to be hiring. So I immediately contacted them. And two weeks later, I was hired. So it nice. was really impressive and a great experience and i arrived at the exact right time when they had just finished their fundraising so they knew they would be able to hire more people and right time right place nice 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 cool man (laughs) yeah indeed well uh, you're at the heart uh, of core developments on the lightning network and uh, really directly contributing to the adoption of it uh, what are, in your opinion, the most important hurdles uh, to take in a long-term uh, development of the Lightning Network uh, when thinking of Lightning as a worldwide uh, infrastructure for mass adoption, of course? Okay, so if, if we want to keep it, uh, to still allow it to be non-custodial, the main issue is going to be onboarding because there, there, there are billions of people on Earth. Block space is really limited. Every Bitcoin channel uses block space. So yeah. not everyone can have a UTXO or a channel. So Lightning only cannot scale to the whole world. Oh, there's already the buzzer. And, uh, <laughs> you can take your time, man. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so we, we cannot onboard everyone with Lightning, at least not the way Lightning works today. So we, we have to work on other things that can help people kind of share a UTXO, things like channel factories, payment pools, or Fedimint, or even sidechains. And Lightning alone will not be able to solve this, but Lightning can work really well in combinations with those other texts that are being developed by other people. So I think it's promising, but yeah. it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah, nice, man. And I can ask another question because we didn't hear the gun. The gun. Which use case that are most made possible by the Lightning Network are the most notable, in your opinion? Payments. We tend to forget that just paying someone without uh, any intermediary instantly with 
at any place in the world is just it's just amazing it's incredible and i think yeah. that alone has the possibility to change the world already yeah we, we yeah. almost forgot yeah. that we can use it to pay guys <laughs> of course if we take it for if people start taking it for granted it means that we succeeded people know yeah. that it can work yeah. and it, it is working already it's yeah, really great yeah. yeah very interesting view yeah man <laughs> i was thinking one thing before we continue uh when uh, you you were saying uh about the early start of your um um experience with lighting uh, and you were listening to the podcast Chaincode Labs. Was it um, existed it back then, or or no? No, I don't think so. I think the first uh, Chaincode Labs session was maybe half a year after I joined the. Uh, okay. Ah, yeah. But I, yeah. I need to check. But I, I think so. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, merci beaucoup. <laughs> Indeed, uh, we failed to ha ask all the other questions, but uh, we hope if you uh, want to uh, be in our show another time, then uh, we can uh, just start firing questions. It'd be my pleasure. <laughs> nice. Connecti il mondo. Sebastian, I have one question left for you. Um, last week we had Christian Carolas uh, on the show. He is the general manager of Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, and we asked him to come up with a question for you. So um, Edward will play the audio file and then you may answer it. Uh, Bastian, I want to know, how do you think about the long-term implications of Lightning Network incentives on the underlying uh, mechanism game theory of the Bitcoin blockchain? A lot of people have talked about how it can disrupt the game theory of the Bitcoin blockchain. I want to hear from someone who's building on Lightning who is thinking deeply about this, how Lightning and Bitcoin's blockchain work together and how that plays out in the long term for him, for you. Okay, so I, I really think they work really well together. Lightning is not gonna take away uh, too many transactions that would otherwise happen on chain because for, for two reasons mainly. The first reason is that they are not optimized for the same transaction size uh, amounts because on a, Bitcoin on-chain transactions, the fees are only indexed on the size of the transaction, not its amount. So making transactions for huge amounts are very efficient to do on-chain. Whereas Lightning has a proportional fee, a fee that's proportional to the amount that you're sending. So Lightning is more going to be for small to medium payments. I don't see Lightning carrying huge payments. There's still going to be demand for on-chain space for these huge payments. And the other reason is that Lightning needs a lot of on-chain activity. And Lightning is always going to need to make a lot of on-chain transactions because we need to constantly reshape the network by opening new channels. We need to shift liquidity from one channel to the other. So Lightning nodes are going to make a, lo a lot of on-chain transactions, which, which is going to make miners happy. And it's funny because a few months ago, while we were having beers with Lisa from Blockstream, after a few beers, we realized we found a really nice sentence for that, that Lightning is the block space buyer of last resort. It's really Lightning, what Lightning nodes are going to do is that they're going to wait and look at the fee, the on-chain fee levels of the Bitcoin blockchain. And whenever the fees are low enough, they're going to crawl in and make a lot of transactions to do all the things they wanted to do, like rebalancing some channels, opening new channels. So they will ensure that the blocks are never empty. 
And I think it's really a net benefit mm -hmm. for miners that we, we already we already do that with, within our community. We we uh, ask everyone to open channels and choose one set per V-byte, for instance, and just wait for the mempool to clear. And when the mempool is clear, then all, all all the guys participating in our rings of fire start opening opening those channels, and you see the mempool slightly. Um, increasing a bit so uh, yeah we already do that uh, I but of course you can also program it to do it uh, when balancing so i think yeah that's that's interesting if you can program it everything to to do it as low uh, f with low fees as, as possible then yeah. Uh, yeah then it's always uh, um, there's a lot of uh, traffic <laughs> yeah so lighting yeah. is not gonna take away a block space from miners it's not gonna kill their business mm -hmm. on the contrary i think no Oh, that sounds bullish, this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Conecta el mundo. Merci, Bastien, for being on our show. Um, and uh, yeah, well, let's uh, hope we see each other again. Uh, are you coming to Bitcoin Amsterdam, by, by the way? With no, Eclair or with... Um, it's in October. Uh, oh, it's no, a there's Bitcoin a, there's magazine. Tabconf. There's TabConf at the same moment, so uh, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. in Atlanta. Ah, oh, too bad. There are too many conferences yeah. happening right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two years without anything during COVID, and now way too many. <laughs> we cannot be everywhere, and it's frustrating. No, no, no. That's not, not yet, not yet. Maybe in the future. And, and Edward, we almost forgot yes. to ask Bastien to come up with a question for our next guest, mate. Of course, of course. You're <laughs> so maybe uh, take it away, Edward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because next time uh, we have um, Nitesh Palusu. Uh, he's an open source uh, developer from Georgia, USA, and started working at Foundry Digital. Um, what question can we ask him from you? Okay, I have a very tricky question. It's much harder than it looks. <laughs> Do you think that lighting works if the on-chain fees are consistently high? Good luck. Okay. <laughs> Do you think lightning works if the on-chain fees are constantly high? Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I, I, I do, does does async work then? Because you guys always want to have a low fee, right? Many <laughs> things start breaking apart, and not not necessarily on the technical side, but there are a lot of things where trust actually creeps in, and many things that you think are not trusted when the on-chain fees are always high actually become trusted, or they, or, or you you have to accept that you may lose. Some funds. Yeah. Fund safety is harder to guarantee because it's not going to be economical. It's it creates a lot of weird incentives. So we our hope our hope is that on-chain fees are always going to fluctuate. And even if they are most of the time high, there will be time where they go, they get low. And that's when all the lightning nodes will come in and make transactions. Because if the fees are cons consistently high. Lightning is not really delivering most of its promises, so no. it's oh, going to be interesting very, to, to think about. Very crypt cryptical uh, uh, question to ask. Uh, yeah, it's Nitesh. good to not answer it now. No, because no, 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 no. I'm then, sorry, uh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't ask. I shouldn't ask. No, then Nitesh <laughs> is going to watch the episode. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Again, uh, messy, yeah, messy bien. Again. Um, where, where can people follow you, um, uh, Bastien? Do you maybe have a Twitter or um, uh, your GitHub or whatever you want to share with us? Yes, I'm not very active on Twitter, but you can find me there at RealTBast. And I'm mostly active on GitHub, where you can find me at TBast, T-Bast. And yeah. uh, I saw also you are uh, going to be in a Twitter space uh, with um, Synonym, Spiral, and Blockstream uh, about lightning limitations. I think it will be interesting. 
Yes. Uh, so perhaps uh, if someone wants to uh, follow it, uh, listen to it, then I uh, also put it in the in the show notes. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for listening and thanks to all members participating in the Stoshi Radio Rings of Fire. And of course, thanks to everyone uh, helping us to connect the world together. Uh, if you like our content, please uh, support us in our mission. Visit our website, connecttheworld.live, uh, where you can also donate and subscribe, like and share our content on your favorite platform. We need you to complete our mission, uh, connect the world. So keep those sets flowing rings burning and um yeah see you all next week with nitesh on this same lightning channel adieu bastien salut <laughs> au revoir